This is the SFF Audio Podcast. Well, I'm Scott. This is Jesse. How you doing this week, Jesse? I'm fine. Excellent. Oh, just doing fine. Just looking at um, your Audible uh, post. Tons of new stuff at Audible. Yeah. Um, my goodness. Uh, I, I just noticed um, just this morning I was looking at um, more, and they've released things since you made the post. And you made the post one on Thursday? Uh, yeah, earlier this week. Yeah, my goodness. Well, some of the things you've got on there, uh, Shadow Bridge by Gregory Far- Frost, Lord Toffet by Gregory Frost. I guess that's a sequel. Yeah, there's a pair. I think they're they're uh, it's a two book series. Uh huh. And then you've got the Speed of Dark by Elizabeth Moon. Um, that novel won a Nebula Award. Right. And uh, Audible's got a version of that out. And I remembered the that title, so I looked through the SFF audio, audio archives, and uh, Mary Robinette Cole reviewed the Speed of Dark for us. Um, gosh, it must have been uh, 2006. Um, and it was the books on tape version, oh. read by Grover Gardner. Oh. So that is out there. We'll throw a I, link up there. Hopefully. I don't. I don't think we know who the uh, who the uh, reader for this is. So. Um. Oh, we don't. Okay. On the on the site, it says Jay Snyder. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. So they've really got that information. You bet. All right. Yeah, I should say. Uh, Campbell Award-winning author Mary Robinette Cole. I think, I think uh, that sounds better. Yeah, <laughs> you bet. So, what else have we got here? Um, the Speed of Dark, Fast Times at Fairmont High by Werner Vinge. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, Forty Signs of Rain, Fifty Degrees Below, and Sixty Days and Counting, all by Kim Stanley Robinson. Uh, and those are hefty. All yes. three of those. Right. Hefty reading. That's right. And coming soon, like you said last week, Resnick's uh, Starship Rebel. Mm-hmm. And then two that we didn't talk about last week, Hyperion and The Fall of Hyperion by Dan Simmons. Both books that uh, I would like to have read but never have, so I'm excited yeah, me about too. those. And Hyperion is uh, read by a full cast. Don't know oh, no you- kidding. Think I don't think I put that. Oh yeah, it's you know in the who top. the who the lead. Uh, it doesn't say. It says multi-voice production. Huh. Because um, I know uh, Rudnicki and crew do that. And, yeah, um, it could it could very well be them. But for, yeah, for Audible, who Krug knows? Is that too? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So since you wrote that post, there's been some more stuff put out there. Um, the selected fact, stories yeah. of Philip K. Dick. Now that's um, uh, that's from Blackstone, right? That's from Blackstone. Yep, they're out there on Audible. I don't know if they're even available through Blackstone yet. I think they're released um, early there. Yep, but Volume One and Volume Two of the selected stories of Philip K. Dick are available. It looks like uh, they are re-releasing um, the some of the Star Trek audiobooks on um, Audible. Probably in advance of the Star Trek movie. So I know how much you love those. <laughs> <laughs> and um, very cool. Um, this is another 
uh, author that I have not read before, but I'm excited to. Um, Peter F. Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Pandora's Star was posted. Um, it's 37 hours long, this Oh, my book. God. <laughs> it's longer than that anathem. It is. It is. And um, the sequel to it, which is... Um, oh, the name escapes me. What is the name of the sequel? Because the sequel's actually been available on there, but then they just cut up and put the put this on there. Oh, darn it. What is it called? I'm looking through it. Please talk amongst yourselves while I do this. I spotted um, <laughs> Star Wars Clone Wars Wild Space, which ah. is a 12-hour uh, audiobook, unabridged Star Wars. Oh, cool. Narrated by Jeff Gurner. I've never heard of him. Oh, wow. So they're using uh, different narrators. They usually kind of stick with one. It was Jonathan Davis forever. Right. Yeah. Well, he's busy working on uh, the Starship series. Uh Uh-huh. By Mike Resnick. Right. Well, good. They've also got... I really like him as a narrator. They've also got um, uh, John Scalzi's The Last Colony. Hmm. Which is... um, Another one of that that uh, series of um, uh, old man war novels. Uh-huh. Zoe's Tale is there as well. Um, those those are recent releases, if not brand new. And William DeFries is reading those. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I am listening to. I, I, I took a break from Anathem because it wasn't going very well. <laughs> <laughs> so I've had on my iPod for a little while um, Flash Forward by Robert J. Sawyer mm-hmm. Oh, Judas Unchained is the name of that Peter, Peter Ham- F. Hamilton It's also, it's 40 hours and 59 minutes long <laughs> And it's actually 40 hours, as, oh my yeah, god As I understand it, um, those are two parts of really one story So, um it's really like an 80-hour-long novel. Oh my God! <clears throat> this is well, like. I'll uh, see you. I'll see you in uh, what late March. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm I'm excited to read those. Both of those are uh, put out by Tantor, by the way. Um, they're on Audible, but they aren't produced by Audible. And the narrators must be uh, happy. All this work. And the narrator <laughs> is uh, John Lee. John Lee is really good. I've never heard of him. Oh, John Lee. Uh, he's a British guy. He did um, A Feast for Crows. That's okay. where I remember him well. A Feast for Crows by uh, George R.R. R. Martin. Sure. It's the latest Song of Ice and Fire novel. Right. And uh, anyway, yeah, I really like him as, an, as a narrator. He's, uh, he's I'll good. I'll tell you the one that's got re- me really excited. And mm-hmm. for some reason, uh, it didn't get any fanfare when it was released. Um, was uh, a 1959 Hugo Award-winning novel. 1959? Mm-hmm. Heinlein? No. Uh, James Blish. Ooh, A Case of Conscience. Yeah. Ooh. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. So that, I, I got a batch of new credits, so that was cool. the first thing I got. Cool, uh, Good question. I just got it uh, about four hours ago, and oh, okay. I haven't listened to it yet. <laughs> But uh, wow. I listened to Boy. just a little preview clip, and it sounded just fine. Oh, good. So. Oh, there it is. Jay Snyder again. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Jay Snyder. Yep. Good. Yeah. That's terrific. 
the other the other audible the release that was pretty uh, exciting um, should be pretty exciting for everybody uh, because it's free 100 percent free uh-huh. um, only thing you need is an audible account and those are free mm-hmm. um, is black river by Dean Koontz. oh good say um, I'm I started listening to that last night uh, it's a suspense novel so I I, I didn't file it properly it should be under our oral noir banner but it's uh it's read by scott brick it's only two hours long it's a novella um Uh and uh it's it was uh, released uh as a a way to promote the fact that the zune is now available uh as an audible player it's compatible with audible so there's a little advertising for the for that fact at the beginning of the of the uh, piece, but other than that, it's a regular audible version of Black River. And oh, cool! Got read by Scott Breck, and it's intriguing little premise. Um, I I think it's going to be good. Oh, great! Have you uh, listened to a lot of Dean Koontz? I I've listened to a fair amount, um, maybe three or four novels. Um, uh-huh. And some novellas. It's been, you know, many years since I've heard my first one, and I, I read a whole book on uh, on his um, his writing. And one, uh-huh. you know, my friend Steen is a big fan of Dean Kintz. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, I, I really like the way he writes. Um, yeah. He's completely insane, but uh-huh. uh, that doesn't make <laughs> he's a bad writer. <laughs> he's just really strange and very good. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, the first uh, audiobook I ever read of his, and I had never read any of his books in print, but I picked up from the library many, many years ago um, a book called Dragon Tears, and it was read by J.O. Sanders, mm-hmm. and uh, I still remember that book in my head. It's it's just terrific. It's about uh, this... Um, uh, partners, you know, in the they're cops, okay? Partners, one guy and one girl, um, they're partners, and they. It is the story of two Southern California police detectives who track down go. a demonic serial killer with paranormal abilities. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> and one of I, the cool one of the cool parts about this is there's a dog in this story, <laughs> and uh, some of the sections of this book are told from the dog's point of view. Yeah, it's not a huge part of the story, but it is so memorable because um, Jay Sanders did such a terrific job with it. You know, he's like, "Good dog, good dog." Yeah. You know, he wanted to be a good dog, so he would uh, he would do things that so people would praise him. Yeah, this is and, this is the straight one of the strange things about Dean Koontz is having a a dog narrator is uh, uh, not uncommon. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, the reason I I know. Uh, uh, exactly what it's about. I just placed up our uh, Dean Koontz page. Oh, good. So it's uh, it, it had been posted a long time ago just as a regular post. Uh-huh. Now it's got a separate sub-page. Oh, great. Good. Yeah. A couple other of my uh, favorites of his are Intensity, um, read by Kate Burton. Oh, it's a terrific book. It's definitely intense. <laughs> the whole thing takes place in maybe a 24-hour period. Mm-hmm. It's about uh, um, this 
this guy who who murders a family, and one of the members of the family is hid in um, his motorhome. <laughs> so she's kind of uh, trapped, but he doesn't know that she's there. <laughs> so it's it's very intense. Yeah. So uh, suspense is one of the way of describing his writings. Um, mm-hmm. Suspense or thriller. Um, he he he's sort of his own unique whatever though. He is his own unique whatever because he he there's science fiction elements. The, the other one I was going to mention or fantastic is, elements. Anyways, yeah. Yeah. The other one I was going to mention is Fear Nothing, mm-hmm. and there's a sequel called Seize the Night. Um, I, I, I'm afraid I don't know how to pronounce this fellow's last name, but the the narrator's terrific. It's Keith and then S Z A R A B A J K A. Okay. He's a terrific narrator. Absolutely wonderful. But Fear Nothing is a... Uh, the main character is um, a fellow who has a disease, and I can't remember the name of the disease, but he can't be exposed to light. Zarabaka. Uh, Zarabaka, okay. That'd be how I'd, I'd pronounce it. Okay. So anyway, this the main character can't be exposed to light, so he lives his life at night, and weird things start happening at night, and there's science fiction elements in there. Um, near the end, um, but you know, but that's what you're saying, Dean Koontz. You know, he's really in his own category because you know some of his stuff has supernatural in it. I remember one about um, angels. Well, it was made into a movie. Uh, Jeff Goldblum was in it, but the audiobook is really great too. Okay. Um, Hideaway is what that one's called. Um, this guy gets in a terrible car accident and nearly dies and ends up bringing an angel back with okay. him. And um, the angel is basically tasked to thwart the plans of a demon that's also on the planet in a serial killer's head. So um, Jeff Goldblum played the, uh, the main character who had almost died, and he starts to see the murders in his head. And um, anyway, so, so, so he's got supernatural sometimes in there. And sometimes not. Dragon Tears was supernatural. Um, you know, one thing that he was not. really good at is mm-hmm. short stories. And I oh, don't really? think there's, there's a, a collection <clears throat> of his short stories. There's a story, um, you know, on audio, that is. There's a story from 1970 that I use in my classes. Um, mm-hmm. It scares the pants off of people. Um, oh, really yeah? good. It's called um, Nightmare Gang. And it's about a uh, a guy. It's a first-person perspective story of a guy who um, he's telling you about this gang that he's in, um, and he doesn't remember um, how he joined the gang. He just, you know, his sort of first memories are um, riding down the highway with a bunch of biker-looking guys beside him, um, and they they drive up and down the Florida coast. Um, looking for trouble <laughs> uh-huh. and um they're all dead they're all dead dead men and it's like their punishment or it's the end of the world um and they go f- from town to town terrorizing people um and uh yet they can't leave the gang mm-hmm. um if they get separated from each other by more than you know 55 meters or something like that the, they'll start getting terrible pains in their in their chests and uh, the leader of the gang is um incredibly powerful he can you know defeat you with one fi- you know pinky finger huh. um, and uh it's just scary 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 and uh-huh. it's a good story 
uh, and it's sort of an enigma as to you know what exactly caused this situation. We don't know why he he ended up in the gang, but we know that he's not um, he's not a a good guy, but he's mm-hmm. also not as bad as as uh, we expect him to be. Cool. Yeah, a very very good short story. That sounds real good. I I think a lot of his er, uh, I mean Dean Kuntz has been writing uh, for a long time, so. Uh, he has a lot of older material that uh-huh. hasn't really been uh, reissued as a as a collection. So there there there'd be uh, enough out there for um, for a big big hefty collection from 1965 to uh, 2001. He he's been writing uh, all sorts of short stories. So oh good yeah I notice here too uh, he's got. He and Kevin J. Anderson wrote a few books called Dean Kuntz's Frankenstein. Right. I wonder how those are. Um, I'm not sure. I believe it was based on a uh, uh, on a movie or something that fell apart. Oh. Uh huh. And uh, it's uh, they they are paired for the first novel, I believe it is, and then the, uh, the other novels in the series are written by other people. Oh, I see. Yeah. Dean Kuntz's Frankenstein, Prodigal Son, Book One, is Dean Kuntz and Kevin J. Anderson, narrated by Scott Brick. Right. And then uh, Dean Kuntz's Frankenstein, Book Two, City of Night, is Dean Kuntz and Ed Gorman. Right. Narrated by John Bedford Lloyd, and those are the only two. Right. Hmm. So it was going to be a film, and it. And it I think it's not, some uh, sort of retelling of Frankenstein. Yeah, and I'm not exactly mm-hmm. sure. Um, it's been a while since I read about these ones. Hmm. Well, yeah, speaking of movies, you know, I mentioned that I was listening to um, Flash Forward by Robert J. Sawyer. Right. And, um, man, it's it's good. I'm about almost halfway through it. It's terrific. Absolutely He's terrific. a great writer. Uh, yeah, and I have, I have no idea how they're going to make it a series. It would make, you know, if, if oh, I was reading it... If I was reading it... Well, I'm not sure how they're going to do it, or what, the same what exactly way as, they're going to do. Because same way as, they as, did I'm, the as I'm listening to it right now, I can see it making an absolutely wonderful movie. Um, They'll just do it the same way they did the 4400, right? The 4400. Oh, that, that I didn't see. So. Okay, the 4400 is a series about uh, 4400 people who got abducted by aliens, uh-huh. <laughs> and they all were suddenly returned at once. They were abducted between, you know, 19. Uh, 40 and 1995 or something like that. Uh-huh. So you've got people of all sorts of different periods of time suddenly um, being returned to Earth, um, and they haven't aged a day. So uh-huh. there's a you know a World War II Air Force pilot who you know has to suffer. He comes from a world where he has to suffer racism. Now he's suddenly thrust into a world where he isn't. Um, and so each each week we follow characters who who um, who originally had some think something going in their life and now uh, something's changed. In that show, they had superpowers of some kind, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, from this uh, adventure, um, and each week we would f- meet somebody new who had a, some sort of weird new superpower, and it would be sort of a mystery. There's an ongoing backstory explaining it. Um, that's how they'll do this, right? They'll just yeah. they'll say uh, and this has affected everybody in the whole planet, 
Um, some people it, it, it uh, didn't do anything for. Yeah, we should mention um, what exactly <laughs> affected him. Yeah. Um, yeah, in, in the book, <clears throat> really near the beginning, um, there's a scientific experiment going on, and, and once they kick the thing on, um, everybody in the world gets it's, flashed forward for two minutes, 20 years into the future. That, that was they, the CERN thing that happened this year. Yeah. Uh-huh. And this book came out maybe 10 years ago? Yeah. Five years yeah. ago? Yeah. So, oh, you know what's funny, too? <laughs> you Speaking of that, I mean, the book was put out 10 years ago or so. I, I don't even know for sure, but it, at least 10 years ago, right? Something like anyway, that. Anyway, I'm listening to it, and it says, um, you know, he goes into these, like, news clips every now and then. Uh-huh. And it says, Pope Benedict XVI said today, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. I mean, that was, uh, that was pretty cool. He's so uh, foresightful. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I thought that was neat. Anyway, yeah, so, so everybody's life has changed. You know, some of them see nothing, but, uh, you know, it's only two minutes long, so a person may not have been doing anything, you know. They might have been asleep. Years. Right, but, you know, one person... Uh, sees or nothing. Dead. Yeah. Know? Right. So he's uh, he's dead in the future. I can't remember. Um, I believe it's uh, the future was incontrovertible. You couldn't change it, right? Are you well, that? right now, like I said, I'm halfway through it, and um, okay. right now they they believe that it is changeable because oh, okay. somebody in the news um, died who said that he had seen. Yeah, but that doesn't yeah. mean that doesn't. It doesn't mean, mean right. liar. <laughs> That's exactly right. Or could have been drugged. And I, I just, you know, the more I read of Robert J. Sawyer, the more I like him. Um, I've read, you know, several books. You know, the Hominids trilogy. Is it, that's not what they call that. Oh, then I think it's Neanderthal t- trilogy is what they call it. Yeah. And it's all available on audio now on Audible. Yeah. Um, starts with the Hominids, and that's about. Um, a parallel world, or contact with a parallel world in which the Neanderthals um, continue to be, and the and the Homo sapiens does not. Right. And um, illegal alien. Uh-huh. Illegal alien. I have not read. I don't think that's out on audio yet. I'm not sure. Uh huh. I don't think. Um, it is. Calculating God is great. I reviewed that, didn't I? Mm, I don't remember. I uh, maybe. I, I remember I talking if I about didn't, it. I better because I, yeah. I listened to it too. I listened to the. Uh, it was um, narrated by Jonathan Davis. Yeah, that's the one that said at the Royal Ontario Museum. Yeah, yeah. I'm just typing that in the SFF audio here. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, which, I did. Which I did is review it. Visiting. It's here. Even SFF I've never audio been there. essential, even. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, it's um, yeah, uh huh. Yeah, it's terrific. Yeah, uh, Jonathan Davis is such a good narrator, you know, and um, the book is really good, too. You know, the one that really needs to be put out uh, by Audible or somebody is um, his first first novel. Have you Robert read G. that? Sawyer's? Yeah. Golden Fleece. Golden Fleece. Mm-hmm. I think that's my favorite of his novels. Is it uh, really? Yeah. It's a, it's a m- murder mystery set on a, a rammer. A spaceship going from Earth to Alpha Centauri. Uh-huh. A murder mystery, uh, except we know who the murderer is. It's the ship's computer <laughs> who tells the story. The only uh-huh. reason, the only mystery is why. Why did this computer murder this person? Uh-huh. And uh, 
you know what what's the idea and so as we are told each from chapter to chapter what's going on uh we can see the the detective is trying to solve the mystery and the computer's trying to prevent the the, uh the detective from you know solving the mystery Uh uh-huh well cool yeah Yeah. it's very very clever very interesting has really um good uh plot that i didn't figure out that's always makes me happy Uh um but it didn't cheat you know uh-huh. He yep. gave yep. you all the facts, and then you know you say, "Oh yeah, <laughs> oh that makes sense." All right. Yeah. Hey, he's good. No. He's actually. Um, I heard somebody talking about. Uh, he, he's a really good um, example of a guy who uses uh, mystery in uh, science fiction. Well, he's like, won awards like for that, that too. Yeah. He's won. Uh, yeah, mystery awards. Yeah. Yep. So, um, the illegal aliens and murder mystery, uh, inspired by the O.J. Simpson trial, oh. uh, and uh, about an alien who comes to Earth and murders someone. Um, why did he murder this person? Um, uh-huh. Or did he murder this person? Yeah. And and then uh, I think some, uh, calculating God in a in a way is a mystery. It's not really uh, out and out mystery, but. Uh, yeah. A lot of them are are mysterious in some way, mm-hmm. and he likes dinosaurs. So that's a that's a good thing. Uh, any any topic he tackles is relatively interesting, you know. Yeah, and that's that's what I'm finding. You know, everything I read of his is very thought provoking, which yeah. is really great. <laughs> and he, he likes to base it in real science, and uh-huh. and that makes it a a lot more. Uh, I think maybe the weakest novel I've read of his um, is called End of an Era. Uh, and that's, I believe that's set on Earth um, during the, the dinosaur Jurassic Age or something like that. And uh, it explains why the dinosaurs all died. Uh-huh. Um, and I think it's an interesting idea, uh, but I think it's also <laughs> a little preposterous. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I still recommend it. But it's not. It's like the weakest one is still a good read. So that's not a, that's not bad praise at all. Well, good. Yeah. Um, yeah. You posted a review of the only audio book he had for a long, long time was the Terminal Experiment, okay. which won a Nebula Award. Um, and it was put out by Recorded Books, and and they put that out on Audible. Right. Now right. That's but, right. Uh, yeah. That that's a great book, man. Yep. That's yeah. that's another uh, murder mystery, I think. It is, yeah. Yeah. I, I, isn't it? I think so. I don't remember what the murder was. The, uh, uh, compu- there's two, three computers. One could, one committed a murder, something like that. All I, I remember the, 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 the things that ago, I remember. That yeah, the things that I remember out of that book were the discussions about consciousness and um, uh, artificial intelligence. Um, it says, uh, it started as an experiment in life after death. It ended in death. Dr. Peter Hobson had created a monster, three of them in fact. In order to test his theories of immortality and life after death, he has created three electronic simulations of his own personality. Right. The first Hobson has all memory of physical existence edited out. It will simulate life after death. The second Hobson is without knowledge of aging or death. It will simulate immortality. The third Hobson is unmodified, a control. 
but now all three of them have escaped from Hobson's computer into the worldwide electronic matrix. <laughs> and one of them is a killer. So yeah, yeah. there is a murder. In there. And it's old. It's old. It's uh, from 1994, 1995. So uh-huh. um, this is World Wide Web uh, getting, getting yeah. started. Right, right. Um, and his latest series, um, which is, I guess, the first one's being serialized, uh, or just being yeah, just in finished. Yeah. I can't remember if it's finished yet. It Wake, is, yeah. Uh, is also about the internet. Right, and he, it's going to be a trilogy, right. Uh, all starting with W. Three three books uh, starting with W. Wake yeah. and, uh, I don't know what w- the other w- w- called, Yeah. Wake, something, and something. All yeah. W's. <laughs> <laughs> So flash forward, I'm sure I'll finish that this week because I can't stop listening to it. So, um, But, you know, that, that says an interesting thing about audiobooks, too. Again, you know, I'm listening to Anathem, which is, it's not a, it's a great book, you know. It's just hard, it's a hard listen. It's a well, difficult listen. Happens then you put, you put uh, flash forward in, and it's just like, uh, you know, you fly through it because... Yeah. Um, it's it's very well written and um you know there's just something about it that makes great audio yeah you know so uh you know there's there's a quality everything's not suited for audio just isn't no but uh a lot on on audible they've got um these are what they have from robert j sawyer hominids is the the first book in the neanderthal parallax is the name of the trilogy so they've got hominids, humans, and hybrids. Are those three books? Yeah. And then flash forward, calculating God, the terminal experiment, and then um, shed skin, which is a short story. Well, put out by no, Deuce tell Audio. Tell me a little more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Released tell by me Deuce, more. <laughs> Deuce Audio, which is uh, my company. So. But uh, yeah, Robert J. Sawyer. Thumbs up. Also an excellent lesson. Yeah, it's good. I liked it. Read by Stephen Hoy. Yeah, looking through all this Audible stuff, um, do you spend a lot of time listening to things that are not science fiction fantasy? Um, yeah, I guess so. I mean, like, uh, is it is it always fiction? Do you, do you like to listen to nonfiction? Mm, yeah, I like I like nonfiction. Um, I just uh, spotted a um, documentary on Wikipedia from the BBC that I'm gonna be sinking my ears into. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm just flipping through Audible. You know, so I mean, you know, everything's here, and um, some of the nonfiction that I really like. Uh, have you ever heard of Sarah Vowell? Uh, I've heard of her, yeah. I'm not. yeah she she writes... Um, well, she was the voice of Violet in The Incredibles. <laughs> okay. Um, so she's actually got a little... It's called a vowelette, or a little essay on um, the extras on The Incredibles DVD, if you have that. But anyway, she writes um, American, she American History. The, in, what does uh, she have on the... What does she the, have on Audible? No, no, no. On the DVD? Um, it, it's called Vowelette. Her her name is Sarah Vowell. Uh-huh. And Vowelette is the name of this short essay. It's maybe ten minutes long. Uh-huh. On the Incredibles DVD. Okay. And it's basically, you know, hey, this is, uh, this is Sarah Vowell. <laughs> okay. She's, uh, um, anyway, her audiobooks are really, really good. 
Um, Partly Cloudy Patriot, Assassination Vacation, and The Wordy Ship. I've heard of Assassination Vacation, and uh, I've seen her interviewed about that. Um, yeah. Yeah. She, yeah, she's sort of quirky, I guess. Is she the, is, yeah. But <laughs> the genre is quirk. <laughs> she's absolutely great. I haven't uh, heard Wordy Shipmates yet, but I want to. Um, so, yeah, that's sort yeah. of history. Um, uh, language. Yeah, and, it, and it shows um, Born Standing Up. A Comic's Life by Steve Martin. Um, that's not a very long audiobook and one that I want to hear because uh, Steve Martin, I love him. Mm-hmm, he's funny. Yeah. I saw. Hours, I, I did spot long. the Orson Scott card into Galactic Medicine show that you were telling me ah. about. That's that's uh, available from uh, Blackstone, but it's um, on Audible now. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, it's a big long list of uh, authors, and you're not among them. Eighteen. I can't, I can't believe 18 it. Stories. Well, you know, a lot of them are Orson Scott Card stories, but yeah, some of them are, yeah, the Ender stuff, yeah. But it says, hopefully, Volume Two will see the remaining three Ender titles. Um, huh. Someone's review of uh, they want to see the Gold Bug Ender stalking and Ender in flight in the oh. collection as well. Okay. So um, that that was actually really helpful. It's nice to see somebody who's bought it doing mm. a. Um, a review that includes the title, the titles of the stories, because oh, yeah. um, it doesn't actually include that in. This. Yeah, and I don't know why. You know, I've complained about this about audiobooks ever since SFF Audio was started. You know, th- there's things that they don't do with audiobooks that they do with uh, print books that they should be doing. You know, um, yeah. the, the the latest example that uh, George R. R. Martin Dream Songs, um, three volumes of audio. Right, and not a table of contents to be found on any of those packages. Kind of a, you know, you know, and it's a collection of short stories. You know, why wouldn't they put that on there? um, Another thing, you know, if I stick with George R. R. Martin, you know, they did the Game of Thrones or a Game of Thrones and and all those books. Well, if you buy the hardcover, you know, you've got a nice map and stuff. But why, you know, they've got all this real estate. You know, when they when they publish that audiobook in on CDs, they've got all this real estate on those packages. Yeah. You know, why not put a map on there? You know, uh, um, not asking for too much, am I? <laughs> you know, no, just, uh, I, I, just include some me. of this stuff. It, it's like they're treated, that uh, they're not really quite books, you know. They they don't, um, they, they should treat it as if, you know, the person that's buying this is not, does not have the book, you know. Which I imagine that most of the people who buy them do not. But it's almost like the the mindset is that hey, this is a, an addition to this book. It's not its own thing. It's a it's a spawn of the book or something. Does so I, I spotted yep I spotted the um, the uh, Skyboat Road Company uh, uh, listing. Oh uh huh. Um, it's a book I've not heard of before. I don't think it's called. Um, Resonance by A.J. Scudier, um, and it's narrated by Stefan Rudnicki, Carrington McDuff, McDuffie, sorry, Polly Bomer, Gabrielle Decur, David Burney, Rosalind Landor, and Art Johnson. Um, released uh, in November, and um, description is: uh, Resonance is a science fiction story about the predicted upcoming polar shift. 
Um, four scientists from different fields are tracking anomalies in today's environment and eventually meet at the beginning of a polar reversal. Animals are mutating. People are dying. And the last polar shift occurred at the same time the dinosaurs died out. This story will have the readers contemplating which way their internal compasses point. Wow. This is actually really interesting. When I was uh, taking geology, um, uh-huh. uh, figured out how the learning of how um, we found out about how polar shifts happen. How can you how can you tell when a magnetic reversal happens um, uh-huh. in time? How would you work this out? And it's very interesting. What um, so when crystals are forming in rock, um, they point to magnetic north. So whenever there was volcanic action on Earth, um, there is crystal formation uh, pointing towards magnetic north. Right? Uh-huh. Now, you can track that back by looking at the age of a rock to see which direction the crystals are pointing. And you build that up just like you can build up a tree ring database to tell you what the weather was like 10,000 years ago uh, uh-huh. by looking at the tree rings from 10,000 years ago. And you do that by building up a, a series of... Um, of overlapping uh, eras, and um, you can you can we can track what every winter was like every everywhere there was trees, um, pretty much all over the world to tell us uh, you know a lean winter or a series of patterns of lean winters or whatever, and then in the same way we can look at volcanic uh, volcanic formation um, in underground rocks. Um, uh, I guess that'd be uh, uh, ex exthermic. No, what's it called? In intrusive and extrusive. Intrusive rocks um, form crystals. Extrusive occasionally form crystals. Anything that's forming on the surface or underground that's cooling rock, right, from magma into or lava into into solid rock is forming crystals within it, and that that pattern will be frozen. So the next time the reversal happens, suddenly um, was pointing a different way, and it's happened several times, uh, at least several times in you know their history. The poles have shifted from north to south, south to north. Um, that that change is is uh, overdue. We're told, mm-hmm. uh, following the pattern that's been set, we're overdue for a, a, a magnetic flip. But what's interesting is that the the poles aren't always fixed. Anyways, they drift. Uh huh. Right, so the North Pole, we th- we think it's a uh, you know, it's not a magnetic North is not exactly the same as regular North, um, uh, but it it's not permanently pointed in the same direction. It drifts by miles or kilometers uh, as time goes by. Uh huh. I think that's fascinating. Yeah, it is. It's interesting. And we don't. We we know we can do sorts of all, all sorts of correlative um, uh, um, spotting. You know, saying yeah, the dinosaurs died out or whatever. Um, is it a coincidence? Could be. Yeah. Um, magnetic reversal um, is not. It's not. Uh, it doesn't happen in a day. Uh huh. Um, and does that mean the 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 pole disappears overnight? You know, if we suddenly lose our, uh, our our protective shielding, you know, mutation jump up. Is there a giant uh, damage to um, to living things from uh, it not being there for 
Right, right. However long. Yeah. It's interesting. It is. Yeah. So that would be an interesting listen. It's 16 hours. Okay. You willing to give it a gamble? Uh, maybe. Maybe. Right now I'm full up, but... Uh, yeah, me too. Mid-January, maybe. I'll yeah, be it sounds really interesting. I, I, yeah. We should get um, Stefan Rudnicki on and grill him. Yeah, you bet. But I, I called up Skyboat Productions now, and um, I've got... There's five titles. Yeah, some of and them... They're all, uh, well, one of them's not genre, but uh, four out of the five are. So you got Resonance by AJ uh, Scudlier. Is that how you pronounced it? Scudlier. Uh, Scudlier, okay. Scudlier. And then, um, Posing yeah. as People by Orson Scott Card. And that's I did a based, review of that ages ago. Yeah, that's based on... Um, it was a stage play. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's an interesting thing. For anybody who's interested in theater, this is a really interesting thing. Because it's got three short stories um, read you know, just straight. And then the three short stories were made into scripts and those are also presented. So it was a stage play, um, but the the scripts are presented on the audiobook as well. So uh, it's really interesting. Um, and then um, there's one by Orson Scott Card called An Open Book, and I'm fairly sure this is an LDS title because I've seen that book around. What's the this one? The Protector. It says it's from Fantastic Audio. Yeah. Uh, the and the, the art is yeah. for it, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then Flinks's Folly, a Pip and Flinks novel by Alan Dean Foster, read by Stefan Rudnicki, and The Protector by David Morrell, um, also read by Stefan Rudnicki. And they spelled his name wrong on that one. S T E P H A N <laughs> Rudnicki. And it's S-T-E-F-A-N. You know what's funny? What? When you click on it, it's actually spelled correctly. Oh, good. It's, it's just on the external... Uh, huh. That's uh, odd that that's not coming yeah. from the same place. Yeah, you would think it would be. Yeah. Somebody's hand-coding all this stuff. <laughs> Tappity-tap. <laughs> very, very busy. He or she is very, very busy, whoever it is. Got him in the in the basement of Audible.com building, just uh, slaving away. But it's terrific. I mean, my goodness. Hey, did you see? Uh, um, yeah, this is like all Audible all the time on this podcast. Yeah, no did you kidding, notice? Right? Um, Mike Resnick is the guest editor this I, this month. I spotted that late last night, and yeah, I haven't got anything. He's got a list. It's a uh, science fiction, or it was all about. Uh, I thought it was the... Yeah, I just clicked into it. It says, Science Fiction's Worst Prediction. Um, oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hugo, it says, The man credited with creating the field of science fiction, Hugo Gernsback, for whom our highest award, the Hugo, is named. This is Mike Resnick, by the way. Mm-hmm. Originally dubbed it Scientifiction and claimed that its highest purpose yeah. was to interest young boys in the wonders of science. Young girls were presumably too busy playing with their dolls to, for such heady matter. <laughs> that turned out to be the worst prediction ever made. And then um, he goes on to list uh, great audiobooks by uh, females. Mm-hmm. And wow, I mean, what a cool list it is. He's got Black God's Kiss by C.L. Moore. Are, are these audiobooks or just regular Yeah, these are all audiobooks. Really? Um, Starborn by Andre Norton. Oh, that's nice. That's nice a to wonder, see Wonder yeah. Audio there. Dragonflight by Anne McCaffrey. 
A Wizard of Earthsea by Ursula K. Le Guin, read by Harlan Ellison. Uh, the Moon's Shadow by Catherine Asaro. The Vore Game by Lois McMaster Bujold. The Disappeared by Christine Catherine Rush. Kindred. That's in your uh, your series. No, the yeah yeah my series. That's not Retrieval my audio artist. Though. Yeah. No, but it's in the yeah. series. Yep. Kindred by Octavia Butler. That's Man, good she's good. Octavia Butler's amazing. Her His Majesty's Dragon, Temeraire, Book One by Na- Naomi Novik. I I wouldn't put that in the top of everything. It was good. Uh-huh. It was good. it was fantasy though. Uh huh. Not science fiction. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Even the Queen and other short stories by Connie Willis, read by Connie Willis. That was a That's really a, hard to find one until yeah. very recently. Yeah. And then The Last of the Winnebagos by Connie Willis. So cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. They've got Stalking the Unicorn and Stalking the Vampire. By I Mike wanted Resnick. to ask you about those because um, uh, I'm big into Mike Resnick at the moment, waiting for Starship uh, number four in the series. Uh-huh. Um, have you read either of these? No, I haven't. I started listening to the um, the clips of them, and uh, somebody was saying, uh, these are excellent. Another person was saying, uh, I really like these books, except the narrator's not good. Huh. So, Peter I'm, Ganim is the narrator. Yeah, I, that, I know, he, I that his name him. doesn't ring a bell. But these are Audible yeah. Frontiers, so um, it could mm-hmm. be that this is his first uh, first work in the field, or it could be just that we're, uh, we're not familiar with him. Right. But yeah, that's yeah. a two-book series so far. Anyways, I definitely want to hear one of these, one or both. <laughs> they look almost like noir things. What yeah, they're cover? they're comedic, uh, or um, it's like a fantasy set in a Philip Marlowe-style world. Uh huh. I think. Cool. You know, uh, you and I had a long discussion a long time ago about um, it was when as digital things became more common. Mm-hmm. And I, I was of the opinion that the covers weren't very important, you know, because it, it was like, you had said something like, you know, what about these the book covers, you know, the collectability and mm-hmm. all these kind of issues. I mean, this was a long time ago. And I was kind of like, ah, you know, cover, whatever. But as time's gone on, I've grown to really appreciate um, cover art more and more and more. I want to hear and, the uh, apology. I, I, I apologize to you, your family, all the artists in the world. There you go. Um, my goodness, because... Just another time when Jesse was right. <laughs> we'll yeah, just talk it up fact, you know, this, this Stalking the Vampire is a good example. Stalking the Vampire. I was in Borders um, maybe a month ago looking through their hardcovers, and um, they had a copy of this uh, Stalking the Vampire. And I pulled it out, and man, it's this just stunning cover. And I forget who publishes it. It's one of the small presses. Mm-hmm. Um, might be uh, Peer Publishing, Pyre. I, I'm not positive, but yeah, Pyre oh, what, a gor- what a gorgeous book! What a gorgeous book! Well. And um, yeah, you know, so. it uh, covers do matter. It, mm-hmm. it, it's it's. I mean, for blind people, they might not matter, but they they bloody well matter for everybody who has eyes. That's why uh-huh. they call them covers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's the part you look at, um, and maybe that's not going to be your ultimate decision making. Um, I look at the author. If I know the author and I like the author, it's a it's a blind buy. I'll buy it even if it doesn't have great art. Mm-hmm. But if it's somebody who I've never read before, the very first introduction I'm getting to them is is the 
the image, mm-hmm. and you can sort of tell what would make a possibly interesting thing because they're going to be putting something interesting on the cover, hopefully. Yeah. Um, so just looking at the Mike Resnick titles, um, you know, some of them are better than others. Uh, Kieran Yaga's cover is is it's interesting, but it's not it's not uh, compelling. Um, which is sad because this is the most compelling uh, series I've read uh, by Mike Resnick. Uh-huh. Uh, I think you know, I think that I like that cover. It's it's, it's okay it's and it's appropriate cover. for the book, but it doesn't suck you in. You know, it doesn't uh-huh. say you have to read this. Sure, but it's got you know I'm looking at it now. It's got the Savannah down on <laughs> the bottom, and then above it, it's got like a big science fiction city hanging in the it's sky. It's completely appropriate for um, yeah. I like for it. it is. Mm-hmm. Got a mountain range in there too, but I, I understand what you're saying because if you if you look at the the stalking the vampire cover, yep. my goodness, it's just like oh, you almost want to buy it just to have the cover. <laughs> well, um, you know, there, there have been books with bad covers that uh, ended up being terrible. And yeah, in fact, you know, I've got um, on my as my screensaver. Um, you know, whenever I, I get a book that I really like the cover, I scan it in. And then um, Windows XP, I don't know about Vista, I, I, hopefully they kept it, but Windows XP has a, a screensaver that will, you can select a directory that has a bunch of pictures in it, and it'll just flip through those pictures for you. Mm-hmm. So I've got a whole bunch of cover scans in a directory, and that's my screensaver. So I want a scan of uh, Stalking the Vampire. So Scott at sffaudio.com. Send it a nice big one, at least 600 tall. That's very kind of you to use this as your personal (laughs) retrieval database. Oh my gosh. You know, I I need to get it just for that. There was a, uh, story um, on a website called Total Dickhead, which uh-huh. is a um, Philip K. Dick devotional blog. blog. <laughs> um, and it's, uh, it's, a, it's an MP3 two-hour uh, broadcast um, in celebration of Philip K. Dick's 80th birthday. And there's some exclusive interviews with a couple of Philip K. Dick uh, people, uh, his wives and such. <laughs> he had five of them, so... Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, most of them are still alive and have stories to tell about him. Um, who who he liked to read and what he was concerned about, that sort of thing. What he's like a, a, on a daily basis to live with. Oh, cool. This has been the SFF Audio Podcast. Please join us at www.sffaudio.com.